Adulting.ca. That's A D U L T B R A I N.ca. I have uh, that burner account. We could upload it through that one. A burner uh, audible account? I have a burner account for everything. You need a backup. Fine. You gotta stay in business. Backup to the backup to the backup. Backup to the backup to the backup. Okay, guys. Welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are going to be chatting with uh, Graham Dunlop a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> About uh, adult brain. And which is, of course, our our audio publishing company, and I guess not just audio publishing. We published, uh, we do publish ebooks and print books. Publish my book, uh, Canadian Shame, through it. So you can get ebooks and print books of all the audio books we've done as well. Uh, it's just not kind of the highlight. The highlight and the the sort of reason we started it all was for the audio books, and we're going to go through a bunch of those here today because Graham's read, I think, about forty books now. Some of arguably the best esoteric and occult classics of the last few hundred years uh, that we've sort of brought back to life and made available on audio. Our thing is sort of we take these audio books that, um, not audio books, we take these books that are super old, like Secret Doctrine, you know, written in the late 1800s, early 1900s, that, uh, that nobody has the rights to anymore they're in the public domain, so there's not real reason to get them to uh, audio. So we've started doing that, and you guys can jump on that and get them over there. And there's a bunch of them over at adultbrain.ca. You can type Graham Dunlop into Audible, and they'll all pop up. I think it's an i. Does anyone listen to audiobooks and iTunes anymore? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. The odd person. That's the other place they st- they point out. And and I want to give out a shout out before I forget to Eric P. Anthony, who really sort of uh, there's a bunch. This is a very synchronous thing that happened. Honestly, the whole this whole for the last twelve years, this sort of has been sort of ramping up, or for, actually fifteen years to ramp it, fourteen years, ramping up to this this sort of opportunity that we have here, <clears throat> because I. I don't want to get in too deep into that, but Eric P. Anthony, we, you know, we had him on our show a long time ago. Uh, he had that spiritual alchemy book called the song of the immortal beloved. And he wanted to do it in audio and he gave us a chance at it. And, and at first it was really tough to say yes to um, because of just fear. And the, uh, it was a huge esoteric tome, very similar to some of these other books. It's a lot of work. Uh, I mean, let's not work, forget that. Read a difficult read it, but you know what? We were mastering said, hey, we can the parameters. Yeah. Having the studio and everything in place, you know, it made sense to try and pull it off. Yeah. I think you've only had to read one twice, which was uh, ironically one um, of Eric's books. One of Eric's yeah. books. Yeah. And thank God, because it was a way better second read, actually, that one. And that was the, uh, the Concerto of the Rising Concerto? Sun, which was, uh, which was sort of an after book from... Um, from the uh, song of the immortal beloved because people were, you know, these spiritual alchemists were getting in touch with them. And it was kind of a dialogue of uh, actually our friend Ram Feck and uh, one Eric's cousin who was on our show before and a couple other guys uh, discussing this spiritual alchemy. And I, I mean, I really believe that that's a, a huge part of, uh, 
of spirituality is the the ability to transmute to emotions and stuff like that which he's got some kind of meditation actually i did a meditation i've done some meditations uh based on that that we haven't really published yet or done anything with but they'll be coming out in audio at some point i think uh brady helped us with the video of one of them it looks really good from a from a just a sort of a background information so there's a few short meditations coming out eventually yeah i think he's got they might all be done but at least two oh, of them okay. are done yeah so that's send, uh you know did he send me the links for them big shout out maybe big shout out to eric for even just giving us a chance and then it kind of that kind of opened up the door to this whole this whole thing which uh we've sort of been manifesting as well you know doing this show and learning as we go along Totally. And before I forget, I do want to mention, because we got some feedback on this as well at, uh, at one of our trips. I do want to mention, I want to kind of describe, you know, we have this whole other show. It's a whole other feed, Dry America Outlawed. It's, it's, a, it's a show that Darren and I started up, um, and we made it sort of one of these subscriber feeds. It's uh, usually two hours long, second half for subscribers only. Like, you can go to Dry America Outlawed and... and, and uh, pay like 639 a month to get the second half of these shows and that's kind of where we sort of approach some of these more censorious topics and we and we sort of hit some of the deeper kind of uh is that a word i don't know the new world order stuff like but it's a whole separate podcast it's a whole separate feed there's a free version of it of course if you search grime america outlawed and then there's the the su- subscriber version which is a full two hours it's kind of set up the same way like aeon bite is or thc uh, those types of things. Um, it's sort of an automated um, subscription thing where, you know, if you sign up through that website, you get this RSS feed that you can paste into your player, put your password and your name in there, and uh, it gives you the full episode. So that's a completely separate thing. Just type Grand America Outlawed into your podcast player, and it should pop up. I mean, most qu- podcast players, if you type just type in Grand America, three things are going to pop up. Grime America Show, Grime America Show 2.0, and Grime America Outlawed. And if you listen to those Grime America Outlawed episodes, which are a whole new show, then the, and you can listen to them all for free, or at least the last 33 of them for free, then there'll be stuff in the show notes there on how to go the rest of the way and get deeper if you do want to support us that way on that plus model. Of course, that's because, you know, uh, well, unfortunately, the value for value model just over here it wasn't enough of an income source for us to do all the things we wanted to do and for Graham to to quit his job and go full time but luckily with uh, this and then ad- and adding adult brain to that and and then and then uh supplementing yeah, like it- this podcast with the subscription model podcast like Carlwood does over at uh, and it was Carlwood's buddy that actually brought this up um Shout out to him. I forget his name off the top of my head, but he was a good guy. And I, he listens to the show. So shout out to him. Um, where was I going with that? About the, uh, about just the, because the value for value. So we wanted to sort of ramp it up. Yeah, we had to, uh, what's the word? We had to uh, expand. We had expand. to expand I mean, our We could revenues. have done double the content in Gramerica. The problem is we're having these sort of arguments internally and externally of how much to approach with what's happening in this dystopia world right now. Like, do we talk about COVID? Do we talk about Canada becoming a communist state? 
which is like happening right before our eyes right now. But we're getting censored if we talk about vaccines and all this stuff on our other show. We've had like nine years of a successful podcast talking about all kinds of crazy stuff from UFOs and spirituality and psychedelics and all this stuff that's, you know, mysterious, but not too censorious. So we thought, well, we got to we can double our content on that. And then hopefully people will, you know, support us with value for value or we can you know, do sort of what these other models have done and, and sort of come up with a whole different feed um, with, with, with longer shows and, and get into sort of the deeper controversial topics, which we still do in Grimerica too sometimes, but this is a little bit, a uh, little bit more longer and deeper. So we thought we'd try that and it's, it's helped, you know, I've been able to barely quit my job and give this a leap of faith and then thank, thank the Lords for, uh, adult brain and these audiobooks and stuff sensorious is a word i <laughs> <laughs> i think i've looked that up before myself i'm like it doesn't sound right tending to censor expressing censor and that is one addicted of the best ways to, to censor apt to blame or condemn severe in making remarks on others or on their writings or manners. Wow, we got some censorious motherfuckers running around these days, isn't it something? Isn't it fucking something? I mean, our own media in Canada is fucking outrageous. But, I mean, we're not going to get into that too, too much here. You guys head over to GrandAmericaOutlaw.ca if you want to hear us bitch about that stuff. We oh, just did a whole half an hour uh, on our border debacle, getting into the country here the last time, which is about a week ago. A week ago? Not even a week ago. Four days ago. We could go tomorrow. We go tomorrow. We got home on Tuesday. Wednesday. Tuesday. Tuesday. We Tuesday. Tuesday. So it's a week ago Tuesday. I had to block the fucking government, man. They will not stop calling me. So I blocked them. We'll see what that leads to. Um, I did. Maybe they're calling because I posted the first half. So part one of our border excur- our border debacle is posted on the YouTube channel. If you guys want to check that out of uh, me berating the customs officer, which I don't feel great about, but, you know, I had a role to play, so I played it. And uh, I have to stay on the ground sometimes. And then we'll play part two of that, which is me um, talking on the telephone to the to the, to the the federal health people and uh, eventually getting my card back and getting out of there. And you haven't been called, so that's good. You know, I mean, I can deal with this shit. Bring it on. I'm uh I'm going to the rec room on Thursday, so hopefully maybe there'll be a not. bigger you know big event at the rec room. On well, I think there was a big event yesterday. Wasn't there a big protest here yesterday? No, Is I that every like Saturday you, you being arrested, you know, from the media. And then the media start can going make a big those. spectacle of you. We should probably start going to those. We need fake IDs that say we're Bob and Doug McKenzie so that they can cancel their accounts. (laughs) Anyways, this is just an amazing time to be alive. It really is. It's so unbelievable. The lies, the lies are, they're doubling down on lies and propaganda and people are seeing through it. I mean, you can't help but see through it. It's fantastic. It's a, the cops getting all, uh, all violent on the peaceful protests. And I mean, there's sure there's still some people that are against the protests. Well, whatever. Well, here, I mean, mean, Pat King's a fucking idiot. He ain't helping anything. Um, and now they're like mentioning his name in parliament. It's like, great. Thanks, bro. Really? We really <laughs> need you fucking getting named in parliament. Cause you're a fucking meatball who says a bunch of bonehead shit. You seem to be, you, 
You're on the record talking about, you know, the Aryans being the master race. I mean, just get the fuck out of here. No. Are they? Yeah, man. He's a piece what? of work. But the problem is he gets drunk and he just goes off at the thing and, you know, he might not mean, I'm, he probably means it. I mean, I'm not, I, I can't get caught here defending Pat King. It can't happen. Yeah, I know. I, I, know. No. I just, I, know, I, I mean, I've been hearing some, did you hear about the plaid army or the plaid group and all that? Is that what this is all about too? Well, I've never heard of the plaid army. Okay. Well, we should, we should. Sense. Okay. We, I don't even want to talk about it. Sounds show, too good I'll to talk be about that. <laughs> I just, I've seen the stuff and I'm like, I just don't know what to believe anymore. I either. just know There's from so the things I've seen Pat King say. Just from the shit I've seen Pat King say, he's a fucking idiot. And he should not be anywhere near that movement. To the point that, if you like, people are spouting that it's on this Freedom Convoy page. I've never seen the actual Freedom Convoy page. I don't know if it exists. It definitely doesn't exist from the people, from Tamara and those people. They were very clear on that first GoFundMe page. I haven't checked to see if it's on the new page. But the first update on the fucking GoFundMe page was, we are not fucking associated with fucking Pat King. He does not speak for us. He's not a spokesman for us. He just showed up. Anyway. Well, it's hard because you want people to be. Yeah, he's enthusiastic. Too, right? I mean, you, you he's know, you enthusiastic. want enthusiastic leaders to step forward. He's just but the wrong not, kind. You know, of, he's but, a bad enthusiastic. He's a bad look. Anyways, it's a fantastic time because it really is. I it mean, is. Did, I mean, it's think, great. I mean, I think that they're they're bringing in cops from. From uh, I did see some stuff about UN too. planes. <laughs> you I, mean, know, I don't know about that, but I don't know about that either. I'm not gonna I can't, army, I mean, army people there with colors on their shoulders. They're unmarked, which I thought was illegal in Canada. I mean, well, I got a great they can do whatever the fuck they want. It doesn't matter what's illegal in Canada. I pulled a it screenshot. It does not matter anymore. Law does not matter anymore for the politicians. I pulled a screenshot anymore of one of them uh Standing on the American on the Canadian flag, one of those green. Oh, I that looked edited. I don't know. That looked edited. Oh no, it's not. You, you screenshot it. It's out of a video. Oh, really? Oh, good. Okay, it looked weird. That it looked like it was um, photoshopped or something. But I mean, the thing is, people start better start realizing it. The you're calling it, out that this really? is a class some of the stuff war. you fall for. World. What you're calling out my picture really after some of the stuff I've seen you fall for. I'm hurt. <laughs> Well, well, I don't know. You should have picked a better video to screenshot. I don't know. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> I was doing it on behalf of, I was picturing people, you know, using that as propaganda against us. But I mean, the thing is they, they keep, they're getting away with whatever they want and people better start realizing now this is, we're in, we're in the war. We're in the, this long protracted world war three and it's the elites against everyone else. And Time propaganda to protest is thick. at the media places. We need to and occupy what? the CBC. 100%. That's exactly what I think. The you set it up, I'll go with go you. There. No, not the convoy. We'll just go in that motherfucker, take over the place, start broadcasting. Fight club style. That's really interesting. These yeah, cats are going to get in a fight here. This is going to be weird. Huh. Anyway. So, yeah. So I, I got to share as well. Get out a pen and paper and write this down. Or a pencil. Why don't you send some physical mail to the Grimerica Show at P.O. Box 16033. Next line. Uh-huh. 100-815, 17th Avenue, SW. Next line. Uh-huh. Calgary, Alberta. Next line. Uh-huh. Canada. Next line. Uh-huh. T2T space 5H7. That's the P.O. I don't think you have to put in Canada, do you? Maybe you do. Do you? 
Anyway, this is uh, we got this a while ago. We already gave the shout out to Steve Lynch. I'll give another shout out to him because uh, he is actually making me a hunting knife now, which I can't wait to get my hands on. But I mean, the uh, the tomahawk is fucking fantastic. I actually have started hacking some stuff up with it, so that's been fun. Uh, the kids had an old rocking horse here that we decided we they didn't want anymore, so we hacked that up. That was fun. Anyway, this one comes from a hollowed out book. It was a hollowed out version of Charlie Murphy's book. Charlie uh, Robinson, not Charlie Murphy. <laughs> Charlie Murphy's dead, God rest his soul. Uh, Charlie Robinson's book, The Octopus of Global Control, showed up. I was like, what's this? It's taped shut. And I was like, ooh, must be something inside. Not a handgun, unfortunately. Next best thing, seeds. Darren and Graham. I've been a fan and listener of the show for a few years now, but I'm embarrassed to say I've never donated or supported in any way. Your show means a lot to me, and I've never missed an episode, including the Outlawed episodes. I'm sort of an old school, so I don't do Twitter or Instagram, and I've never been into chats. I literally download your show and all the others I listen to from iTunes onto my old-ass iPod. Oh my god, that still works? I guess it does. <laughs> I work primarily outdoors all day, so this method works best for me instead of draining my phone battery, etc. That is a good point. That probably does, like, if you're not doing everything else on your phone, it probably probably lasts a long time. I'm explaining all of this to paint a brief picture. I'm a gardener slash landscaper and laborer. I work alone most days and long hours with my hands. I have had days listening to literally 10 hours of Grimerica Straight. That cannot be good for you. Probably makes you crazy. No, I'm just kidding. It's probably because it's like a mix of good vibes and craziness. I think we were like ahead of the curve on some shit, like COVID. Um, <laughs> I've, this is not an insignificant thing. I feel like I know you guys. You do. I, I'm sure you hear that all the time, and I'm sure it never stops being creepy. Ha ha. It's not creepy. We love that you love us. We'd like to get to know you too. Come to a cat. Contact at cabin.com. We'll hang out. Don't be weird. And uh, have a time. <clears throat> so... I mean, the great thing is about CAC is you get people there from 20 years old to 80 years old. Uh, so in addition to being a self-employed gardener, I also started an online seed store. Fruits, veggies, herbs, etc. I am the breadwinner for a family of four, my wife and I, and two amazing girls. I have two girls myself. And I'm never really in a position to spend much on anything. But I still wanted to support Gramerica. So here's a bunch of garden seeds, secreted away inside Charlie's book to hopefully escape any legal international scrutiny bullshit. The government's pretty preoccupied right now. I mean, there's probably never been a better time to send weed in the mail to us, to me. Uh, P.O. Box. Dirty socks. Dirty socks. Stick them inside some dirty socks. Get that shit in the mail. Now the government is busy doing martial law in the East, so <laughs> we can send that shit to the West. I'm sure it's coming west, but uh, we'll see what happens. We might have to fight it at the border. Da, 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 where was I? I thought it would be a fun way to smuggle contraband, albeit benign in its nature, across the border to you guys, and I'm sure Charlie would appreciate this in some way. In any case, I had two copies to begin with, so no loss. Anyway, start a garden. Enjoy the variety of seeds. Save them, trade them, grow them, whatever. I love what you guys do and wanted to share my passion with you. That sounded weird, but you know what I'm saying. Thanks, guys. Peace and love 
and good vibes. Joe, daddygarden.org. Nice. Get some seeds. We got so much seeds. Bill sent us seeds. We got a seed stash. I mean, we're set. We got to put them inside something. Maybe I should vacuum pack those motherfuckers. All right, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Maybe too. we should buy you a uh, like a big LED tent. Uh, let's just and wait get a couple you growing months and veggies see. like a yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, I don't. I don't really eat that many veggies. So I'm still trying to get on the back on that carnivore diet. Well, we could so. trade them in the future. Yeah, that's true. Communist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it will be. It will be. It will be worth Communitopia. it. We should start making vodka too. I guess if you really want something to trade. I mean, we're at the point now where I'm in the process of opening up a U.S. bank account because. Uh, it seems like it's not a bad idea to have some money that Justin Trudeau can't decide to shut down. I mean, here's the thing. We're a pretty critical of Mr. Trudeau, myself included, mostly you, also me. So I'd hate to have our account shut down. Well, that's what's coming to you. I mean, it really is. I mean, I was on with the uh, COVID Critical Care Alliance, I believe it's called. It's a bunch of doctors and scientists that, because of the censorious nature of COVID oh and my all gosh. the lies in the media. <laughs> if we they, had episode titles, that would have to be the episode title. <laughs> um, they've had to create their own organization, right? I mean, they've got actually an online doc. You can call the doctors. They've got a tele teledoc thing for covid which has worked fantastic anyways was on this zoom call with hundreds of them and they and this came up and they've had to do extra calls with uh some experts on sort of this money situation kind of thing and and it's not on behalf of them it's just a totally separate thing but they're talking about this you know getting money into a u.s account i mean this is a whole bunch of normal people trying to figure out how to protect their finances from the government based on lies this is how it is. This is how it boils down to it. I mean, it's unbelievable right now. If that happens, they'll probably let you into Montana as a political prisoner. Maybe you could marry me. I would get in for sure, you know. Yeah, like, but yeah, yeah I mean, they, I would I run. Mean, I run a tight ship. What if though? we just tell the guys at the border, like, we're, I run we're escaping Canada, ship. we're escaping a communist state? Well, first we try to sneak in, but yeah, I mean, if it got to that point where they seized your bank accounts, I would say you probably could. You'd have a pretty good argument to get into the states. <laughs> Oh, it's, un- it's unbelievable. It, this is, and this is not just people talking about it. It's happened. 73 people bank on accounts. The call. How many? 73. That's it? Here's the thing. My visa's missing right now. What does that mean? Well, it's like when I go into my online banking, it's not there. What? Yeah. So I was like, well, no, that's- no, no, it's, it's no, no, no. It's, it's you just got to hit the view more button oh yeah no no i know i even went to like uh view my accounts and it's like well you need more than one account to and i'm like what where's my visa and you know i just like we just used it for the whole debacle went over the border i'm dodging the government's calls right now because i think they want me to be in quarantine well it's i mean that's they definitely no, want me to no be in reason. quarantine they but definitely they tell want you to that they didn't give you any paperwork. No, because because we had them razzle. But that's what they want. So I'm like, well, fucking, that's that's what I used the whole trip was that visa. I didn't use any of my other cards one time. That visa paid for everything the whole way down and back. And, uh, but then I like used my visa yesterday too. I went uh, and got some meat, some chicken, good deal over at Sprague. 
And it used to be in your app there? It used to be in my app because I went on oh there to see how much, God, what my, how much I had to pay off. What the fuck? And it's not there. And uh, I'm like, well, that's weird. So I went to view more accounts, and it's like, well, you need you need more than one account to view more than one account. But here's the thing. I'm in the process of changing my visa. So they said my card would keep working until I activated the new one that they're mailing, because I changed to the one because we travel so much now that I changed to the one that, like, gives you travel points. It costs, uh, like, this one I have is free, and the new one doesn't change the credit limit or anything, but... You know, instead of getting weird points that I don't really do anything with right now, I just use my points against my balance all the time. But this one gives you a bunch of miles, and I guess just for switching, I get enough miles for a flight. But I'm doing, and I book everything with that thing. I book the the venues when we're doing contact at the cabin. If we have flights, I'll book them with that a lot of the times. So we might as well start getting travel points and all that, get some free flights. So I switched to that, and this was just Friday. I did this on Friday. And I know she said my visa was going to keep working, but then she also said it was going to be a new card number when the new one showed up. So I'm wondering if they just deleted it from my online banking because it doesn't really matter and I have to add the new one. I used it anyway. Today when I noticed it wasn't there, I was like, well, fuck, I better order something. So I went on and ordered groceries on Instacart and it worked. It still works. I'm hoping, what if it like fell into a crack? And it's like they forgot this visa exists, and I just have this visa I can use forever and never get a bill. They're so frazzled by the government asking them to, to freeze people's accounts. I mean, I know it's cold in Ottawa, but freezing accounts is another thing. Oh, my God, bro. Really? <laughs> the banks were caught off guard, dude. I'm, on Friday, that, On Friday is when they all went down. So maybe it did fall through the cracks. That would be something if I just have a secret visa now that I never get a bill for. Oh, I love it. This is great. Once Travel a new one comes in and I activate, I'll have to go try this one and see what happens. Eventually they find out. They're like, this is $2 million worth of travel stuff on this card. What? No. That must have got stolen by some brown, beautiful brown bastard. America.ca slash support, guys. If you're getting some value from the show. Uh, it's not a free show. It's a value for value show. I mean, uh, grandamerica.ca slash support. You head over there, make a one-time donation, sign up for a monthly one, two, five, 20 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month. Whatever the show is worth to you, uh, we put a lot of work into this, a lot of effort. And uh, if we are getting some value from it, head over to grandamerica.ca slash support today. Sign up for a monthly, make a one-time donation, send some value back our way. And... Uh, and check out that Grand America Out Loud like we were talking to earlier because, uh, you know, we're we're not, like, rolling in cash over here by any stretch of the imagination. We need, like, every avenue from the events to the books to the both podcasts, and we need them all f- sort of churning ahead at full speed to, to uh, not that we're complaining. I mean, life is good. Oh, not at all complaining, but, but uh, just to, yeah. You know, I want to get out of this job one day. You want to go back to the day job. I was looking at Broncos. I, I have a large uh, email, but I think we need a uh, Grand America kind of a... Bronco. You want a white Bronco? Is that what you're saying? Yes, a white <laughs> Bronco that just says <laughs> Grand America on the tailgate in purple letters. Outlawed. <laughs> Outlawed. <laughs> Grand America Outlawed. There's our vehicle. I mean, It'd be really. perfect. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at the pictures with the hard top off and stuff like that. You think oh, I love those. Is that like the big old type of Bronco? It's fucking dope, man. It's oh, the 2022 one. Yeah. 
Oh, 2022. Oh, it's like the one we see. Those are, yeah, those are really cool. They're fucking, they're cool. I'm, I'm strongly considering because I'm trading in my truck because I, you know, I did the experiment for the smaller motor and I don't like it. So I'm going back to the bigger motor and I was like, maybe I should get a Bronco. But I think I would really miss having a back. A, A bed? Yeah. With all my hunting and everything. Yeah. Unless I had a trailer, unless I go out and got a, you know, like a covered trailer that just had my hunting stuff in it all the time, which could be one way to go. But I mean, right now I sure like being able to hop in my truck and go like we would have had a hell of a time even just doing what we were doing with a third or fourth. If, especially with four people, you'd be fucked. But Well, the Bronco probably has more room than you think in there. No, we should go drive one. Oh, did you drive one? I didn't drive one. I've just oh, okay. looked at them online. Okay. We should yeah. go drive one. So, yeah, I got a huge email that's kind of an outlawed. Uh, he's he's talking about outlawed, and it's a great email, but I will save it for next week because it's quite long, and there's, I'm going to be doing lots of little quotes and reading here for the next little while. So, Quotes and reading? Yeah. Reading and quotes? So maybe we should talk about, uh, do you want to get into it then? Just jump into the. Uh, sure. I'll well, just wait for you to. To what? Ready here. I'm ready. I was looking to see if I had an adult brain jingle. I thought I did, but I don't think I put it on here yet. Um, quick question. Uh, can we give people a link if they are not on Audible to sign up through us? I think we can generate a link for that, right? That yeah. will help support us too. Yes. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes. If you're not on Audible, or I mean, we have to use Audible basically. I mean, we could, of course, we could keep this in our own sort of podcast feed or some crazy thing like that. But honestly, we're just sort of using the beast that Amazon slash Audible is right now to do the audiobooks. So if you're not on Audible, I mean, it is a great app and there's tons of great audiobooks. You can follow this link. It helps support us and you can get onto Audible that way. You can even sign up for you know, your free book uh, as you sign up and then cancel it if you want. Um, I don't know if we still get the money if you cancel it that month or not, but I mean, it's not a lot of money, but it it helps support us. And also if you can't afford it, I'd like to offer, if you like, we're going to go through some books here, kind of do like a mini book review and talk about a lot of these books that we've published. And if you can't afford it. uh, Okay. Continue. Just remember there's a lot of people listening. Yeah, okay. I know, but okay. if like, just be careful about what you say next, just because send me an email okay. and I'll send you a link to a free book. Okay. Send me Graham at Grammerica. Cause I already gave away all the book of the damned ones to the snake bros. Oh, did you? Okay. Cause they did a book review on it. Oh, great. Yeah. And um, honestly, their oh, audience I mean, chewed through it way faster than I thought. So I'm just like, be careful. <laughs> Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but we, yeah, but we do have a couple free ones to give out. So we email graham.com. What? We love you guys. And, uh, and, you know, speaking of that, I mean, the reviews help. So if you do, you know, if you do are inclined, uh, in audible, I think that's one of the big things on the algos is those five-star reviews really help. So might as well throw that out there too. Right. Word, 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 word. A hundred percent review that. So let's, shit. St- let's start with, uh, our favorite book of all, The Canadian Shame. Oh, hey, Darren, well, why, don't nice. we, why don't we mention sure. that? I mean, we did that in I audio. This is, Darren, this is Darren's book. 
If you should what? I wonder if I should have read it. It seems oh. wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really either. into I mean, reading them. I mean, no, I read I was, that one. Know, I didn't like it. I was doing all the reading. You still it's are fine. doing all the reading. I read one and I'm like, eh. Well, we do. We do got to mention we do have a couple books that uh, I can't really review because I didn't read them. We had Joe Roop read one and Owen Hunt read another one. Um, Russ did some uh, some uh, some reading and uh, secret teachings of all ages. He read all the notes, which was like a book in itself. But anyways, you want to start with yours, Darren, the Canadian Shaman. That's about the Indian Act, right? Yes, sir. It's right in front of me. Holds up my mic. So how'd you like reading it? Uh, it was interesting. I mean, it's pretty heavy, right? It's it's heavy. It's it's uh, it's kind of sad. I mean, because honestly, I was always looking for maybe uh, misinformation about what happened with the natives, uh, and this is just it. Just shows how freaking bad things were in the early 1900s, late 1800s uh, with the indigenous populations. You know, totally. It's uh, it was a rough one. I mean, my new one's gonna come out right away. It's like I'm on the second draft. And what's that called? In their own words, I haven't I haven't hundred uh, percent solidified the subtitle yet. Yeah, but Henry Hablack, friend of the show, Henry Hablack did the episode art for that, so I the expect that art? to come out the first week of March. Nice. So I mean, let's well talk about you know your your book a little bit and what what you got into the timeline right about um, the Indian Act and what happened with the land and and uh, yeah the residential schools. It's a real uh, amalgamation of all uh, kind of all the stuff you'd want to know about those two subjects brought into one place, one easy to get to, easy to research. Uh, impeccably sourced place. How did it come across in audio? Uh, pretty good. I mean, I had to read all the timelines of the official government stuff, right? Some of them. I think we read the uh, what's that called? That uh, that act? That uh, act? What was the one that? Yeah, and then there was a bunch the, TR- of- the TRC, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. So I think I had to read that whole thing. That's in there, the whole timeline of the Indian Act as well. So, I mean, some of it's a little dry because it's a government timeline, but it's, it brings a lot of context to what's been happening. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we get into the 60s, the 60s scoop, um, you know, where they're sort of pressuring families to let their kids go to these uh, residential schools. I mean, there's a lot of problem with the residential schools. And then, of course, we talked to Kevin Annette and these guys on on the show that it makes you question even, you know, the media's coverage of it and the cops coverage. And now that, you know, this, this stuff came out now recently about the Kamloops uh, school that they had found no dead bodies there at all. And, you know, of course I don't trust those headlines coming out that they were even looking. And this is kind of what Kevin says a lot. Oh, Kevin called kind of it. Over, that's kind of over and above your book, but I mean, they sort of stopped the investigation and then they come out later and say, ah, but then, you know, then the course that, you know, the, the propagandist part of that is that, oh, people blame the government and media for blowing the original story up. Well, you know, maybe the original story was correct. Yes. Did you, did you ever hear any details about that one or recently? I have not. I've been on holidays. 
kind of from all of that. Anything else you want to mention about that that book? No, it was a good book. You should buy it. TheCanadianShame.ca if you want to get a paperback. Someone just emailed me about wanting a signed copy the other day. Nice. I mean, it's in the Calgary Public Library now, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Two copies. And it's in my homeschool library, so. Can't ask for much more than that. I could ask for a few million dollars, so go buy it. All is. Buy three so, copies. Give two away. What do you want to get into now? Should I just go through some of the books? Then? What, uh, what was your favorite? What well, was your this favorite is the problem. I was asked this at CAC when I was up at the mic, just sort of doing the goodbye thing. And somebody asked me, and I kind of got caught off guard. I mean, I didn't even think of the, you know, I'll, I'll kind of mention sort of um, a list of them. I mean, I mean, Secret Teachings of All Ages is almost like a Bible or almost like an encyclopedia of, of ancient mysteries and secret teachings. So that one's kind of, it's on its own sort of little category. And what the... Um, what the uh, John Yarker book felt like to me was almost like a summary version of that book. It's almost like Manly P. Hall took Yarker's book and totally expanded it and got into way more details. Yarker's felt like a mini secret teachings book. Um, and that Yarker book was called uh, Notes. Notes on the Scientific and Religious Mysteries of Antiquity, the Gnosis and Secret Schools of the Middle Ages, Modern Rosicrucianism, and the Various Rites and Degrees of Free and Accepted Masonry. And then, of course, Proofs of a Conspiracy was really good because that was from the 1700s, and that talks about the Illuminati and all the Freemasons in Europe. Um, uh, what the Ancient Wisdom Expects of Its Disciples is the last remaining audio book from Manly P. Hall that wasn't on audio. And that was pretty good. Actually, it was a short one, but it talks about um, the wisdom, the ancient uh, <clears throat> mystery schools as well. Um, what else? Uh, what, about, uh, what about, yeah, were you just going to say secret societies and subversive movement? Yeah, yeah. I like the yeah. title for that is SSSM. Yeah. Well, and that one's scary because it, it kind of gets into the Jews a little bit and uh, it's probably a little more controversial. Um, and it talks about all these societies as well and digs into it. It references that Prusa conspiracy book quite a bit. Um, so that's kind of like a summary. Then there's, and then we're fortunate enough to have, uh, Charles Fort's collection in audio as well, which was fantastic. Um, and just to kind of finish off with some, we also have the Unabomber manifesto, Ted Kaczynski's book on there, Hamlet's mill, which is another great one. Um, the Wisdom of the Ancients, this was read by Robert Frederick for us. He was a past guest of ours, and that's by Francis Bacon. Oh, didn't he uh, just do a new one, too? Uh, yes, he did. And this that the new one is, um, I've got it here uh, somewhere. Ritual and, oh, I don't want to mess up the title here. Uh, from Ritual to Romance. And it's kind of like the he says the Grail legends are totally linked to the ancient fertility rituals of India and the Middle East, which is where the initiations of the mystery schools like Mithraism came from. Um, amazing, Miss Jesse Weston, who wrote this, seems to have been the first Joseph Campbell. So this is uh, so she spent uh, decades immersed in the Arthur Arthurian canon. 
wrote this relatively short book to attempt to explain the roots of the legend of the Holy Grail. She enumerates the seemingly inexplicable elements of the quest, the Fisher King, the wasteland, the chapel, the chapel perilous and the grail cup itself and ties them to the symbols of the initiatory rites of the ancient mystery religions. And she also attempts to identify the author and locality of the tale and her thesis still inspires heated controversy among academics. It is also claimed that T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland was based on this book. <laughs> so that's kind of a that's a nice little summary of that. But that's not out yet, right? That's coming out. Which one's that? Sorry, what's that's, the title? That's uh, from Ritual to Romance. Oh yeah, I haven't even started yeah. that one yet. Yeah, so that'll be uh, that'll be coming out soon. That's what, that one. I just about to start editing. I'm, I'm about to. I just. Did you know book one of that Egypt series isn't out yet? But I did just pop out book two of it, or sorry, book four of it. I popped out the other day. So book two and three and four and one, one to four should all be out. I would say by the end of the week ish, yeah. if yeah, not early next so week. So Darren's talking about uh, ancient Egypt, the light of the world by Gerald Massey, and that's another huge tome. It's like uh, nine hundred pages. There's a couple books. Uh, part of 12, a 12 book series in two volumes, basically. You want to play um, a game? What's that? You want to play a game? Sure. I could play some of the samples and no, see and if guess you what book guess it's from? what book it's from. No, you I, that's just too. That's too crazy. hard for you. No, Let's start I, with I, this I, one. I can try, but it's just, I don't know if what? I want this to hear one, my own voice. This on the one show. only has people hear your own voice on the show all the time. This one has uh, has only four and a half stars, so that's not good. We like to have a solid five Which stars. Which one was that? Um. So there's um, also uh, there's also the uh, history of spiritualism, which was another great one from Arthur Conan Doyle. That was uh, four hundred pages, and we'll get it. We'll dig into these a little bit uh, as well. There's also did you get natural magic out from Agrippa? That was written in the fifteen hundreds. Oh, that one's next. I'm working on that yeah. one right now. Okay, ready? So that'll be coming out soon, yep. And the Third British Empire as well, which is more of a sort of a weird technical government book. How long was that one? Sure. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Felt long. I bet. Seven or eight hours. It's, it's, it's interesting how they talk about Canada in there with everything that's going on right now. As the senior, if least deserving, of the authors, I shall open the narrative. Over many years, I have searched for the point where myth and science join. It was clear to me for a long time that the origins of science had their deep roots in a particular myth, that of invariance. The Greek... Yeah, that's... um. I just read that. Hamlet's mail. Right. I just read that. Like preparing for today, I read that. The whole book? No, that part. That's pretty. I long. was gonna read that. I was gonna read that to you. It's like the it's the preface of Hamlet's Mill. I mean, so Hamlet's Mill is interesting because it just ties all these ancient myths sort of together. There's commonalities between them all. And I mean, when when those guys like guys like David Matheson and and the guys that we talked to over the years on Grimerica mentioned Hamlet's Mill. I expected it to be some super technical, astronomical book, you know, describing the positions of the stars and all this. I always figured it was like sort of technical, but it's really kind of more of an esoteric sort of common mythological book. 
Um, do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's. I mean, well, I haven't read it. I mean, it, you know, <laughs> it gets into like history, myth, and reality. It talks about the Finland stuff, the Iranian parallel, Amlodi's queen, the many-colored cover, shamans and smiths. Um, Amlodi, the Titan and his spinning top, the twilight of the gods. Um, you know, it talks about all these similarities with the whirlpool and the waters from the deep and the stone and the tree, how they come from all these different mythologies. Comes highly recommended. Yeah, it's it's super interesting. And then, it, yeah, it's... All right, you should get this one. 26 one, five-star reviews. Number one, ten. Still... One has to use common sense in applying the principles. They are expressed in imprecise language that allows latitude for interpretation, and exceptions to them can be found. So we present these principles not as inviolable laws, as rules of thumb, or guides to thinking, that may provide a partial antidote to naive ideas about future of society. What you got? This should be an easy one. I don't know. The Unabomber Manifesto. Oh, yeah, that's an old one. So, yeah. Well, you can you talk a bit about that one? Uh, well, yeah. I that could, was one yeah. of our first reads, so the quality's probably not good. But, I mean, people are, are enjoying it. We got, that was pretty uh, creepy to read, actually. Industrial Society and its future, widely called the Unabomber Manifesto, was a 35,000-word essay by Ted Kaczynski contending that the Industrial Revolution began a harmful process of technology-destroying nature while forcing humans to adapt to machines and creating a sociopolitical order that suppresses human freedom and potential. The manifesto formed an ideological foundation of Kaczynski's 1978-1995 to mail-bomb campaigns, which we do not... We do not... Uh, condone. Condone. We... Uh, we uh, what's that word where we... Get, we don't have to worry about that. We just say that and we're okay. The disclaimer, right? Not disclaim. No, it's where we uh, condone. I think it's condone. Yeah. We just have to condone that and we're good. Uh, but it's it's important to listen no, to. No, we don't condone that. We don't condone it. Yeah. We don't yeah. condone it. Whatever. We don't. We don't condone it. <laughs> but the weird thing is, like, he... he do you have more to read there? No, that's good. So, I mean, because he went through the, didn't he go through some of that LSD stuff from the government? I mean, and he was, I mean, it's so weird that his insights were pretty interesting about the over-socialization and the, what's the other half of that? Under, uh, under I don't know. Under-educated edu and over-socialization or something like that? Maybe. Anyways, it's, uh, it's... Yeah, it's pretty. He hits. He hit the nail on the head with some of the sort of cancel culture stuff that seems to be happening. The victimization and the uh, yeah, hundred percent. You know, and the clampdown on freedom. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like we're at we're at the culmination now of this long, of long years. battle of humanity. Like of the people that just want to be free, the free peoples with like. <laughs> The elite or the authoritarians. I mean, it really is coming down to that. People are finally jumping off the fence. They have to pick a side, I think, sooner than sooner or later. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And that's kind of the theme of a lot of these books is that 
you know, this this battle has been going on longer than I thought, whether it's against uh, religion and materialism, like the secret doctrine and, and Blavatsky's and the theosophical works, or whether it's about um, the secret societies and their uh, desire to take over the world and control the world and come up with, uh, you know, one world government based on liberty and equality as they see it. And they want you to... They oh, want to nothing. figure out what you're good and at and make you do what you're good at. You know, they want to be the the judges over all that. So what if I'm how can they everything? call it free? What? What if I'm good at everything? Then you're just going to be leading the society. Yes. You'll be, you'll be a leader. Yes. And then, you know, and then you can I'll, just clamp down on everybody leader? else. And That's you a can good word. Did you just coin that? Else I'll be in a leader. It's so, like a double uh, entendre. And a so where do you where do you want to go? I'm from, an elitist from... and a leader and a leader yeah. and a leader. There you go. We get some shirts that say a leader. That's like Justin Trudeau. He's an a leader right now. He's uh, Castro, Justin Castro. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say before that? Before I'm laughing at my own joke. That's pretty funny though. Well, you okay. Speaking of, speaking of that, let's let's just you want read. Me to Let play me another read some, one. I, no, I want no. Well, no. not really. Some like of these that. are too old. They're like the, it doesn't feel like that's not what. All right, I sound here. Let's like try this now. one. See if this one's better. It was their theory that the young man was a white slaver who, by means of a hypodermic injection, had sought to render a victim insensible. <laughs> probably this? having waiting outside a cab to which he, explaining that he was her companion, would carry her. There were marks upon Mrs. Graff's arm, but it seems that they were not made by a darning needle. That's good. The idea that the needle makes it is, it is. Yeah, yeah. Wild talents. Yeah. I one? mean, oh, dude, I, I can't wait to get into some of that. Here's one more. Chapter okay. one: Schisms in Freemasonry. There is undoubtedly a dignity in the art of building or in architecture which no other art possesses. And this, whether we consider it in its rudest state, occupied in raising a hut, or as practice in a cultivated nation, in the erection of a magnificent and ornamented temple. As the arts in general improve in any nation, this must always maintain its preeminence. For it employs them all, and no man can be eminent as an architect who does not possess a considerable knowledge of almost every science and art already cultivated in his nation. Is that the Yarker book or the uh No. The proofs of a conspiracy? Proofs of a conspiracy. You got yeah. it. You win. Okay, okay. Speaking speaking of the Yarker book. I want you to, I want, this is so, so Randall Carlson recommended Yarker and we already had it on our list. And that was kind of nice that, uh, you know, we were already going to do this one, but this is uh, notes on the scientific and religious mysteries of antiquity, the gnosis and secret schools of the middle ages, modern Rosicrucianism and the various rites and degrees of free and accepted masonry by John Yarker. And he was a member of the Rosicrucians and the Masonic archeological Institute, a fellow of the London literary union, I mean, his, his credentials go on and on and on, of course, in this pyramid-shaped text on the cover of his book. But I wanted Darren to, uh, you know, this, like I said, this is kind of like a mini secret teachings of all ages, but 
I want to read this first half of paragraph and ask Darren what he what he thinks this means. The writer does not presume to put forward the following pages as any approach to a complete work upon the subject of which they treat. Okay, that's fine. They are but the avant-garde to pioneer the way for a larger corpse of facts. The attention of Masonic students and industrious members of old lodges, chapters, and conclaves is again called to the desirability of collecting and publishing any information or new facts which can be obtained either from old works or the recondite mysteries of antiquity, or from the records of Freemasonry in its various degrees, as it is only thus that we can obtain a correct knowledge of our order and eliminate the truth. That they're uh, up to no good? I don't know. I mean, until this is done, it is impossible to dogmatize and unsafe even to theorize. We have especially a dearth of information in England upon the earlier phase of Rosicrucianism and later of the progress of high-grade Freemasonry, owing to the secret character of both and the fact that no minutes of proceedings were kept. So, I don't know. It's just weird that he would say and eliminate the truth. Like, does that mean, like, they're, they, he's putting this whole comp- compilation together to eliminate the truth. I mean, it's it's seems weird. Or to push back against it. Yeah, or maybe push back against it. Against the elimination of truth. I don't know. You let us yeah. know what you think it thinks. We could yeah. ask Randall when we see him in June. Yeah. Might want to. Uh, well, I'm sure I might see him before that because I might go see him in what's it called. In Washington. I forgot about that. So then, you know, the proofs of uh, conspiracy, uh, we can get into that a little bit. I mean, that gets into, so this is that one back from the 1700s. And, and you know, the problem is a lot of these things, there's a, there's a real, um, hmm. they really feel like, like Britain is free. Like Britain has a constitution and the peoples are free. It, and there seems to be a theme across these that um, that British Freemasonry is uh, wants to keep to itself and it doesn't want to take over the world. But yet the Grand Orient Freemasonry, ah. the Masonry from. Uh, doesn't want to take over the world. That's what were you going to say? That's funny. Um, the Grand Orient, they seem to blame for having wanted to do that. So this, this thing talks about. So the about British the- are blaming the Orients for. Yeah, the Grand Orient, and then that, which is spread all over France and Germany, and the British seem to have a, a history of taking over the world, though, don't they? Uh, well, this is the weird thing. I know, even that Third British Empire book I just read. I mean, it's 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 all technical, but they they seem to be proud of of they're saying, well, we did take it over by force, but we're not, you know, you're not in the Commonwealth by force anymore. You know, this is this is you can do whatever you want, you can leave, but but we are showing the people how to be free sort of thing. Like what the fuck? So this, this proofs of a conspiracy talks about the startup of the Illuminati. Like, I think this is the book where a lot of people get the stuff from wise hop and the Illuminati and the German union, the French revolution. It talks about, you know, how, how the French revolution was kind of, you know, spurred or, uh, directed by these secret societies. I mean, but it, it does show you, like, it, it, back in the 1700s, there was 266 lodges in France already. 
in the 1800s, I think it was 1,200 lodges in France, according to, to some of these books. Just in France? Uh, yeah, exactly. Just in France. I mean, how many me, are in Canada? I don't, I don't know now, you know. Oh, hey, Siri. I forgot to shut that off. So, like I said, when they, when they, when, you know, apparently this, the Illuminati was using the infrastructure of, of, of uh, masonry and they, when they would get these initiates in, I mean, it was all above board. It was all like, Hey, we're, you know, you gotta be like a really good person and you gotta be like, you know, sort of spiritually advanced and we're going to, you know, you're going to help with the world and you're going to, you know, it's, it's all this real noble, these noble causes. And then apparently when you get up higher later, they kind of, you, you know, they kind of uh, give you the true, the true uh, gist of it, which is more of like the sort of take over the world or control the governments and religion. They're, they're infiltrating at that time, the government and the religion, whether this, whether you were happy or not, or content or not as a society, they didn't want, you know, the government and religion running things. It was, it was very strange, but they'd have people, they'd, they'd, they'd say, well, you know, that part of the initiation was you got to sort of check out who's in your neighborhood. You got to watch people. Like it was almost like the, the, the beginning of um, snitch culture in a way, you know, and if you're good at sort of knowing what's going on in your area, they would bring you into an, and, and initiate you into this. How many lodges do you think are, let's go. So, wow. <laughs> How many, let's go with just Alberta. How many lodges do you think are in Alberta? 54. 120. Okay. How many in Ontario? Wow, this is going to be higher than I expected. Uh, 700? 560. Okay. Yeah. Quebec? Uh, 450. 77. The Frenchies don't seem to be into wow. it. Wow. Uh, total in Canada has got to be, what, 5, 11, 12, 20, 23, plus 119. Let's just call that like 140 plus 140 is 280 plus 60 is 340 plus 15, 355 plus 50, 365, or sorry, 405 plus 114 is like 530-ish, right? Plus 77, so we'll call that 610 plus 30, 640. Plus 54, 690, plus 10, 700, plus a 560 is going to give you a, a roughly approximately 1,250 lodges in Canada. Yeah, wow. So that's crazy to think about. I mean, if you divide that by the amount of citizens, yeah. there's only 36 million of us or something. Yeah, yeah. And half of those are chicks. They're not even allowed in. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is quite a bit, yeah. Anyway, so I mean, let's keep let's keep going on on sort of that that vein, I guess. So you know the the wisdom, what the ancient wisdom expects of its disciples was the last man, Leapy Hall book, and it talks about a warning to es esotericists and the coming of the mystery schools, and then he gets into the mystery schools and that, and that's a that's a short um, a short book. Um, 
But it, it again talks about how noble you had to be to get into these schools. Like it's, you know, I'm, I'm starting to think like either, either there's a, there's a black or an evil part of, of opposite to all these things that are supposedly noble or that once they get to a certain size, they're just automatically corrupted and they try to go too far with everything. You know, that's kind of where I'm at these days with this, because it really seems like you got to be fucking tip top spiritually, physically, emotionally. Like they don't let just fucking crazy people into these schools. Into the mystery schools? Yeah. You think we but, get in? Well, it takes fucking years of work. I mean, it takes years of work and then you get accepted, you know? Do you think I kicked, do you think I left the Masons or do you think they edged me out? They nudged me. They nudged you? Nudged you? (laughs) (laughs) You don't even know that you got nudged out? Yeah. They're like, let's pretend we're all for the mask mandates and this guy will just disappear. Yeah, yeah, they just know exactly how to get rid of me. (laughs) We we got to make this motherfucker think it was his idea. Yeah. (laughs) That's so smart there. If he thinks it's our idea, we'll never get rid of him. Oh, that's hilarious. But I don't think so. I really don't. So, I mean, I guess next I can talk about, uh, you know, the history of spiritualism, which was which was super interesting as well. I mean, because this kind of like, to me, there was the stuff that's sort of taken for granted now. The, the 1800s was full of, you know, the theosophy growing and spiritualism growing and uh Arthur Conan Doyle has a great book called History of Spiritualism, and that talks about the story of Swedenborg, Emanuel Swedenborg, um, Edward Irving and the Shakers, the prophet of the New Revelation, the Hydesville episode, the career of the Fox sisters, the first developments in America, the dawn of England, continued progress in England, uh, the career of Dee Dee Holm, the Davenports, uh, the researches of Sir William Crooks. And uh, the Eddie brothers and the Holmeses, Henry Slade and Dr. Monk, and the collective investigations of spiritualism. And I mean, it really shows you there was something legit going on, I think. I mean, it's, it's really, it's like I, I got a, a bolded note here. The, the world since then has dug up much coal and iron. It has erected great structures and it has invented terrible engines of war. But can we say that it has advanced in spiritual knowledge or reverenced for the unseen? Under the guidance of materialism, the wrong path has been followed, and it becomes increasingly clear that the people must return or perish. As we, as we point to it, Are we perishing one, can, or one can claim that spiritualism <laughs> has been consistent from the first, and that the teachers and guides have not mixed their message. It is a strange and amusing reflection that the arrogance, the arrogant science, which has endeavored by its mere word and glare to crush this upstart knowledge in 1850, has been proved to be essentially wrong on its own ground. There are hardly any scientific axioms of that day. The finality of the element, the indivisibility of the atom, the separate origin of species, which have not been controverted, Whereas the psychic knowledge, which was so derided, has steadily held its own, adding fresh facts, but never contradicting those which were originally put forward. And like the gist of this, again, is the media would catch on. So the media, like, the media was fucked back then in the 1800s, like based on this materialistic paradigm. 
and they would catch on to one little, let's say, uh, a fraud that was supposedly exposed, you know, in, in spiritualism. Somebody got, you know, caught rapping on tables because that's how a lot of this communication happened. And then, of course, they would blow it all up. So there'd be this sort of paradigm of, oh, it's all frauds and all this. Meanwhile, in the background, there's legitimate phenomena happening, you know. But then again, you have the theosophists that were against it as well. They thought the spiritualists think it's your dead, you know, it's all being visited from your dead ancestors or people from the afterlife. And I think the theosophist take was more like, well, you have this power in yourself. Like we have power to take, let's say, you know, uh, information from wherever the Akasa or, or whatever. And, and, and that knowledge comes from a different source. I mean, to me, I, it kind of bugs me because it, they just, they were probably closer to themselves than they realized at the time. And they should have teamed up against materialism in some way. I mean, there's who cares if they're wrong about what the source is. The main thing is there's a mystery there, but, you know, the brotherhood of the theosophists, I mean, they didn't think the world was ready at the time either. I mean, they were, to me, the 1800s was a huge awakening. And it got fucking smashed. It got clamped down. The end of the 1800s or the early 1900s with the Great War or, or the uh, maybe it was strictly just quantum physics and the ether when the ether disappeared. But, you know, Is that where we're at again be- now? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Are we, but I mean, and then, so then that kind of leads us into Fort's books, which were, which were all very interesting, but he's got a real weird style of writing, of course. Um, that, uh, is very kind of, I guess, I don't know, what would you say? Like a dry humor type thing. Um, but he, he documents the, the, like the strange phenomena in the 1800s, early 1900s as well. So this is going back to that same timeline. And he, he's got a real interesting take because he, he it's the same thing. Like he's sort of in between religion and, and science. And he just won't, he kind of sits on the, on the fence in a, in a good way. Like he stays in the middle because he realizes like, these are, these are phenomena of eras. So in this era, your paradigm is this, and you accept this data. If you're in the next era, you accept different data and that changes the paradigm completely but you disallow different data. So him, it's a very, it's a very error controlled phenomenon, but get this. I was just reading. So this is from his book low and he, and he pushes back against the, uh, the, the astronomers, especially because they think that, you know, they kind of think they're so special and they're, you know, they're mathematics of the thing, but yet they're wrong half the time. Like he goes over prediction after prediction that they're completely wrong. Right. Or, or in one, in this paradigm, they say this is real, and then it it's it's not accepted, and then all of a sudden it becomes real in the next paradigm. Like it, I think the astronomy was his real um, baseline of how science is so fucked. Astronomy and, seems to be the one that works well too. Well, I know. And nowadays, like maybe, I mean, are we? That's what I was making me think. Are we in an, an age where technology is really? allowed astronomy to become a real science whereas before it was you know a bunch of guesswork uh, or, probably or is still it just is, as messed I mean, up now guess, like i mean i still think of nasa just making up a bunch of these numbers i know in 100 years are we going to look back and go look at how wrong they were in the 2020s oh yeah oh yeah we're just like uh monkeys with cell phones 
and and get this. So this is this is what I meant about the Russians, right? So this is so this is written in the early 1900s, and he says, this is from his book Low. He says, in the year 1921, it was customary to accuse the Russians. <laughs> I think that the climax was reached in the year 1927 when unruliness of natives in the jungles of Peru was attributed to Russian agents. <laughs> Still, I suppose always? that for years, whenever there is a revolt against misrule and oppression, propagandists will tell us the same old yarn of otherwise contented natives, mizzled by those Russians. Uh-huh. In June 1920, I mean, can you believe that? It's like this. Those lousy Russians, I say. Those lousy Russians are at it again. I don't know what accent that was. In, in June 1921, the way of explaining the disappearance of a dozen vessels was by saying that it was thought that the Soviet government was stealing them. It may be that constructions from somewhere else have appeared upon this earth and have seized, seized crews of this earth's ships. I mean, okay, here, I'm going to read another paragraph from this book, too. It's If our existence... Because what he's saying is like, he would track he would track all these phenomena of stuff falling from the sky or stuff being seen in the sky and a lot of it would happen during uh celestial events and a lot of it would happen over the same part of the globe so he's like how can we be rotating how can things be happening up there if this phenomena keeps happening over the same part of the sky and his view is almost like there's something up there that's stuck up there or that we would see up there whether it's living organisms or not cuz there was so many fall like falls from the sky. It was like blood falling from the sky or or rocks with runes or mud or you know, weird hail, all all these weird things that would fall in the same spot. And he's like, So how does uh this one animal fall from the sky in this one area? And then and the, the local explanation was always the 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 era the paradigm of the era was always, well, it got lifted in a hurricane or a whirlwind and got pulled up from the lake and pushed over to the other side of the earth, and then it dropped down. So he's like, so the hurricane separated all the debris and all this, and then only the fish fell in one area. Where have they been for all this anymore? time? What? How come fish don't fall anymore? This is, this is the whole thing. What's or happened blood. in the 19... 19- is it electricity? I think it's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. I mean, these are story after story corroborated by many people. I mean, this is true phenomena. This isn't just bullshit headlines. But that's the big question. What happened in the 1900s? Like it turned to sort of more of a highly technological UFO type phenomena. But there was stuff seen in the skies all over in the 1800s. The astronomers saw it. But an astronomer would see it, but they wouldn't accept it into their paradigm. They would even put it in the fucking, the books, the, uh, what do you call that when you do like the, the papers and the, uh, the periodicals? They'd put it in there, but they, they still wouldn't accept it in the paradigm. So he lists all these things that were written down, researched, acknowledged, and yet it didn't shift that error's paradigm. But he says here also, um, if our existence is an organism, it would seem that it must be one of the most notorious old rascals in the cosmos. It is a fabric of lies. Everywhere it conjures up appearances of realness and finality and trueness, words that I use as synonyms for one state. And then when examined, everything is found not to be real or final or true. 
but to be depending upon something else or some other chimera merging away and losing its appearance of individuality into everything else or every other fraud that this pseudo individualizing may in some cases realize itself is a view that what I'm that I am not taking up in this book. Here is our concern to find out if we think we can, whether we be the phenomena of an organism or not, whether that organism be producing something or be graduating realness out of the phenomenal is a question that I shall take up some other time. Which was your and favorite then, of his books? Well, I mean, it's, it's probably the book of the dam. That I mean, seems to be the one everyone knows about, right? And I don't know, I don't know why, because they're all very similar, but it might have a little bit more of his writing and less of the articles and stuff, but he does talk about, um, I'll read the, the beginning, one of the parts from the book of the damned here. It says one of the damnedest in our whole Saturnalia of the accursed, because it is hopeless to try and shake off an excommunication only by saying that we're damned by blacker things than ourselves. And that the damned are those who admit they're of the damned. Inertia and hypnosis are too strong for us. We say that, we say that, then we go right on admitting we're of the damned. It is only by being more nearly real than we can sweep away the quasi things that oppose us. Of course, as a whole, we have considerable amorphousness, but we are thinking now of individual accept acceptances. Wideness is an aspect of universalness or realness. If our synthesis disregard fewer data than do opposing synthesis, which are often not synthesis at all, but mere consideration of some one circumstance, less widely synthetic things fade away before us. Harmony is an aspect of the universal, by which we mean realness. If we approximate more highly to harmony among the parts of an expression and to all available circumstances of an occurrence, the self-contradictors turn hazy. Solidity is an aspect of realness. We pile them up and we pile them up, or they pass and pass and pass. Things that bulk large as they march by, supporting and solidifying one another, and still for regiments to come. So what I think what he's saying here is that like that there's always this sort of uh, push towards universalness or realness, but we get excommunicated because we find data that's not accepted in the paradigm. There's, you know, he's always pointing out that they left all this data out. And if you include that data, it changes the hypothesis completely. Everything is kind of migrating and everything like reality is always um, what was the word he used? Not transmuting, but uh, moving towards something else. It's kind of hard to explain, but his books are written very interesting, I think, in that way where it's, it's very sort of dry humor and he kind of uses um, headlines from, uh, from papers and paragraphs to sort of uh, use against the, the, the press and the scientific paradigm of the time. Totally, and there's a four of those, of course. That's uh, Book of the Damned, Low, New Lands, and Wild Towns. Yeah. We also got the Occult World, which is um, which is sort of a theosophy theosophy book written by A.P. Sennett, and that talks about his experiences with Blavatsky and um. 
the brotherhood, you know, the Theosophical Society, they, their first occult experiences, teachings of the occult philosophy, later occult phenomena. And the brotherhood he gets into, of the serpents? You know, occult, occultism and its adepts. And he talks about the real experiences with uh, Blavatsky and the brotherhood and, and the phenomena of things uh, appearing and dropping and notes appearing and being um, put in places for communication where they could never be put normally like real, real um, uh, astral sort of spiritual phenomena. So that's kind of interesting because it it kind of brings more context to the, the secret doctrine stuff and the ISIS unveiled. I mean, I would personally, I, I like the secret doctrine volume three, the, the most like secret doctrine one and two, it talks about the, the, um, the, uh, Hang on a second. I had something there about that. Someone um, the, said this, there was a this, secret doctrine for. Yeah, there there isn't though. I don't think there isn't. They, That's yeah, bullshit. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't respond to their email. So if they if you email on the website, you got to put your email in, or we can't respond. That's but probably in the one I have. Four is just the index. Remember that one that we had there uh, in our in our hard copy uh, doctrine that we actually found in an antique store of one of our first major CACs in Colorado. That's part of the synchronous, synchronous of this whole thing. Um, but that the books one and two are kind of like the stanzas from the book of Jan, and it's the commentaries. And then she, she kind of um, uses Isis unveiled as a reference, and a lot of the other uh, books of antiquity, and tries to break down these stanzas from ancient the ancient book of Jan. It's a pretty deep. I mean, I like the third volume best because that kind of gets into um, um, modern criticism of the ancients, the origin of magic, uh, the secrecy of the initiates, um, dangers of practical magic, old wine and new bottles, the Book of Enoch, Hermetic and Kabbalistic doctrines. Like this is her notes. So this volume completes the papers left to Annie Besant by. Helena Blavatsky, with the exception of a few scattered articles. Um, and he had the difficult task of publishing hundreds of notes as this third volume. And while only making grammatical corrections and filling in some gaps, she did her best to leave them as written. Including, included are many papers on the origin and danger of magic, the occult, secret mysteries, initiations, symbolism, historical figures and organizations, and various religions and scientific principles. Um, that's, I think that's my favorite is the, is book, uh, secret doctrine book volume three. I think what they're talking about is volume th four, which was sort of volume three in our hardcover, which is really just a huge appendix or it's like a big, uh, index of, of stuff. And how did uh, that compare to ISIS unveiled? I like, and then, yeah. And then I liked ISIS unveiled, uh, very similar. Like it was, um, I have something else about ISIS here. I got to pull up uh, my other website here because um, the the three was sort of less less technical, and it was more of like these chapters based on her notes. You know, um, it gets into also the old secret books. Um, geez, I mean, some and then there's the second part, which is. Uh, some papers on the bearing of occult philosophy of life. And there's some criticism on her take on Buddhism, Buddhism for sure in there, but the um, ISIS unveiled, I think were I like them better than the secret doctrine. Actually, like if you were going to choose between these tomes, um, the ISIS unveiled part one is um, 
on the infallibility of modern science and then part two is religion. So it's kind of broken up the same way the secret doctrine is. And they, I think they use this kind of as a reference doc because they re- refer to it quite a bit in the secret doctrine. But, but they talk about phenomenon forces and the blind leaders of the blind, uh, psychic phenomena, astral light, psychophysical phenomena, the elements, mysteries of nature, the inner and outer man, psychological and physical marvels, the impassable chasm, realities and illusion, Egyptian wisdom. Um, it's... And then the volume two gets into the church, the Christian crimes and heathen virtues, divisions amongst the early Christians, oriental cosmogenies and Bible records, mysteries of the Kabbalah, esoteric doctrines of Buddhism, parodied in Christianity, which is pretty interesting, early Christian heresies and the secret societies, Jesuitry and Masonry, the Vedas in the Bible, the devil myth. Jesuitry, isn't that just Jewishness? <laughs> Jewry? Jewry. <laughs> comparative results of buddhism and christianity and conclusions and illustrations i mean <clears throat> you know the the thing is they i think they they kind of got themselves in trouble because they're obviously against christianity and the church and they really they think that you know that they made christianity made up evil made the devil they they kind of dispel the evil part of the devil and the satanism and stuff like that and then they also push back against materialism which is the part i appreciate of them is they acknowledge the magic and the phenomena but they just don't like the dogma created by christianity or the catholic church and they and this kind of is one of those okay things that, that shows that it? the mips uh well I'm okay with it. Yeah. I mean, when you, dude, I it's so what was I reading the other day that brought also these old questions of Christ? Uh, oh, it was the book of ancient Egypt, the light of the world that talks about, you know, the resurrection was from the Egypt book of the dead. I mean, they took the Christ resurrection from the Egyptian book of the dead. I mean, there's all these references that go back prior to Christianity that, you know, it really seems to be pointing in that direction, but the Christians have a real hard time with that, you know? Huh. And, the they, and, they, and the other thing about the theosophical books is that they really warn about playing around with this stuff, which now with new age movement in the 1900s and the 2020s where we are at and the interest in magic and sigil magic and chaos and, you know, chaos magic and all this other magic you know, Wicca, the 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 resurgence of Wicca. I mean, people are playing around with all kinds of stuff, you know, including us to a certain extent, right? But she's warning against even yoga and meditation. She's like, you got to be an adept before you do any of this stuff. Really interesting. Wicca And I mean, what kind of, you know, what kind of influence is that having all these people just playing around with this spiritualist stuff? In, in the you know what what kind of influence is that having on us in the world it's making us crazy i, I want to pull up something quickly before about the proofs of a conspiracy because um the bach oh no not that, that right? one the uh That's no the other one the person uh, of color like me uh proofs of a conspiracy it's a poack whack Black. No, it was the other one, the uh, Secret Societies and Subversive Movements. Oh, the S&M one. You're secretly Because that gets into, the, you know, that gets into more, um, more of the... Uh, I, that's quite a tome as well. I mean, it talks about the ancient secret tradition. It gets into the past as well. 
You're starting to use tone pretty loosey-goosey, like synchro. It's It's 13 hours. I don't know. What's the tone? 30? 30 plus. Okay. All right. All right. The revolt against Islam, the Templars, three centuries of occultism, the origins of Freemasonry, the Grand Lodge era, German Templarism and French Illuminism, the Jewish Kabbalists, the Bavarian Illuminati. So that's where they get into the Jukovs up and all that as well. And then they talk about the climax of the Illuminati and Russia. Now I'm picturing Um, Jewish Kabbalists climaxing. And and that's the uh, and that's the that's part one, which is the past. So the ancient secret traditions of the past. And then they get into part two, which is the present, and that's modern Freemasonry, secret societies in England, and uh, the open subversive movements, pan-Germanism, the real Jewish peril, uh, and the conclusion. And then there's uh, Jewish evidence on the Talmud and the protocols of the elders of Zion in the back. So this is probably one of, um, one of the more sort of uh, controversial ones, probably. Totes. Other than the Unabomber Manifesto. Yeah, exactly. So there's a quote here from from this book. The most dangerous fallacy to which democracy under the influence of illuminized Freemasonry has succumbed is that peace between nations can be brought about by means of internationalism. That is to say, by the destruction of national feeling. Yet a man is more likely to live at peace with his neighbors because he is devoid of natural affection. On the contrary, the good brother, the devoted father, is most likely to become the faithful friend. Permanent peace between nations will never, probably never be ensured, but the only basis on which such a situation can conceivably be established is the basis of sane nationalism, an understanding between the patriotic and virile elements in every country, which, because they value their own liberties and revere their own traditions— are able to respect those of other nations. Now, that's exactly the opposite of what the Third British Empire is saying, which is coming out, which was kind of a, a, a speech to the House of Commons, I think, or something. Or no, it was lectures in New York, actually. And they're just they're just de- demonizing nationalism, basically. And it's pretty interesting the way they, they talk about um, the British Commonwealth and demonizing nationalism. Because it should all be Britain? Well... They they talk about the uh, it's interesting because it's pre it's between the first world war and the second world war. They're talking about peace on earth and how the the British Commonwealth, the British Empire can provide peace on earth. And then World War Two happens shortly after that, those lectures. So it's like, well, where the fuck were you guys at? But they're talking about the League of Nations and how that kind of failed. Isn't that what the U.N. is? Yeah, it's the new. Yeah, it's the new. League of Na- League of Nations are not new, but they're reinvigorated or re you know redesigned. Oh the, yeah, the League of Nations used to not have. Did we used to be in that? Probably not. Eh? Well, we were in there as part of the Commonwealth. Commonwealth, I think, or the Empire. I think you know the British. The part a big part of the League of Nations was the um, was Britain. Isn't and the Queen going to die? And all its dominions. I think we were called a Dominion back then. The Queen has COVID. <laughs> Our queen is toast. She could be toast. I mean, she's pretty old. What? What a distraction that would be. I mean, uh, really, what perfect timing! I fucking kill the queen. Shit's popping off. Any more books? 
Well, I mean, there's lots, but uh, I don't know. That's probably good. I think I, I touched on a lot of the main ones I wanted to talk touch on. I mean, they can go to Adult Brain and see more, or search in Audible and see more as well. And well, I'm proud of you, buddy. You done great. Let's do a little. Uh, how far you've come? Want to do that? I mean, I, I guess I could read a little bit about the secret teachings. I mean, but that is such a huge huge tome but i mean it gets into all this stuff i mean the thing i like about secret teachings is it talks about these people in our that are sort of underrated in our in our history like uh, count cagliostro and count saint germain and Paracelsus and um balsamo these people that traveled and knew many languages and um jacob bohm uh super interesting stuff but they get that gets deep into all this stuff i mean it's a huge huge tome and russ uh from the snake brothers reads all the notes on there which is like eight hours of notes in itself i think eight hours of notes yep i'm just looking for your first book no 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 we don't have to talk we don't have to do that we don't have to embarrass me before we leave oh i think it'll be i think come on we don't we're not gonna um, I mean, we're tr- we're trying to sell the books here. I mean, here's your first book. It's got six five star reviews. Okay. okay. I mean, it's the esoteric structure of the alphabet. Um, <laughs> let's hear it. I mean, you can get this book for four bucks. Mundus, from which is our adjective mundane. Also, from this comes mount, mountain, mound. Already explained as referring to no hill on earth, but to the earth itself. Hebrew name for this lower veil of tribulation was Hinnom or Gehinnom. In the upper realms, souls are not sufficient. Yeah, that was a crazy book. book. I mean, that sort of fits in with this whole thing. So get this. The author of that book, I think it's Alvin Boyd Kuhn, maybe? Um, yeah, yes, he, right. he has a glowing review for the ancient Egypt book, uh, Light of the World, which sort of it really reminds me of a mix between that esoteric of the alphabet book and of Hamlet's Mill. Like it's a it's talking about how all these ancient myths in Africa and uh, even Aborigine Australia, Native American um, go back to b- before Egypt, basically like it's the, with the totemism and the sign language the, and, uh, and, and that book gets into the language itself, but the ancient Egypt book goes back prior to language. Here is uh, your latest title. Misters Spencer and Gillen have shown that up to the present time, the Arunta tribes of Central Australia do not ascribe the begettal of a human soul to the male parent. They think the male may serve a purpose in preparing the way for conception, but they have not yet got beyond the incorporation of a soul from the elements of external nature. And that's from Elemental and Ancestral Spirits, or the Gods and the Glorified. That's what book book what of the ancient book Egypt? three of twelve of the ancient Egypt light of the world series. Thanks to Bill Anderson for suggesting that one to us. Big shout the shell, big shout out to Bill the shell, our uh, our local federal agent. Um, federal. Honestly, the weird thing is the books all read differently. They all they all read. It's it's so interesting when you start having to read them out loud. They all have a different sort of vibe, a different feel, a different cadence, and. Next the ancient time. Egypt one, the ancient Egypt one is way easier than I expected. But I mean, imagine reading all the syllables from an all the esoteric alphabet one. I mean, it's completely different. And Fort 
Charles Fort's books are a completely different feeling. Next time we'll uh, play some of your fiction. Erotica. <laughs> Did you do any erotica, uh, what do they call it? Auditions? No. No, not yet. That would be a good one you and, uh, you and the missus could do together. <laughs> I'm not editing it, though. With a, I'll put the Yeti mic on the table and just do it like that? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Um, I want to mention also, before we forget, uh, The Wisdom of the Ancients by Francis Bacon was also read by Robert. Did we talk about that? It was read by Robert Frederick? We did, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, because he read the other one. And then the... Then Owen Hunt did The Philosophy of Spiritual Activity, which was, I think, the last Rudolf Steiner book that needed to be put into audio. And, Joe Roop. Um, Joe Roop did uh, Thought Forms. Annie, Annie, Besant, uh, Annie Besant, Thought Forms. That's right. And wasn't there another one he did? I don't think so. He might have done two. If he did, I forget what the other one's called. Uh, philosophy, so if you don't like the sound of my voice, the there are some philosophy. other ones. There are the, oh yeah the problems of philosophy as well. There are some other ones um, as well. But yeah, we feel uh, super grateful to be able to do this to put this out there for people. I have a surprise for you, Darren. I just recorded one today that I don't think we will be able to put on Audible, but maybe we can put it in our podcast feed. Is it the Great Jewish Conspiracy again? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the International in. Jew by Henry Ford. No, it's not that one either. Maybe we could put that in Outlawed. Um, it is called, and this is going to creep you out, dude. It's called Vaccination from 1888. Um, let me just read something to you here from that. Vaccination proved useless and dangerous by Alfred Russell Wallace. Sounds like a dangerous anti-vaxxer. I know. And he, and dude, it's, it's great. It's, he was dealing with the same issues we're dealing with today. Categorizations in the hospitals of non-vaccinated and vaccinated, bad data. Bad data. Bad data. It'd be a good website. Are taken. It is, it is often asserted that although vaccination is not a complete protection against smallpox, yet it diminishes the severity of the disease and renders it less dangerous to, to those who take it. This assertion is sufficiently answered by the proof above given that it has not diminished smallpox mortality, but more direct evidence can be adduced. Induced? Adduced. Huh. And induced. And this is the final thing. I think it says here, the final one of the final paragraphs. We therefore solemnly urge upon you the immediate repeal of the iniquitous penal laws by which you have forced upon us a dangerous and useless operation, an operation which has admittedly caused many deaths, which is probably the cause of greater mortality than smallpox itself, but which cannot be proved to have saved a human, a single human life ever. Ever. Well, so, I mean, yeah, this is, this is like, this is paralleling what's happening right now. And this is in the 1800s. And he's got data from the 1860s to the 1880s. And he's got, he uses 45, 45 years of uh, oh, 1860s of to 1880s. 1860s, 1880s? Yeah. 
I thought you said 16. I was like, what the fuck were they? Were they like jabbing you up with? I wouldn't want to be getting vaccinated in the 1600s. I mean, I'm not getting (laughs) vaccinated in 2022, so. (laughs) It says it's uh, from 45 years of registration statistics. So. Oh my God, this place, a cat. I left the door open. The cat's just come in one at a time. It's love so podcasting. Yeah, there you have it. There's a surprise for you. It's, it's all done and ready to go. We can figure <laughs> out what, what we want to do that. I really don't think we want to put that on Audible right now. You think we'll get banned? Auto yeah, banned? It, might, it might cause some attention to, if if your bank accounts didn't get, a, get frozen from donating $25 to the freedom movement, the peaceful, the peaceful, Freedom movement, the peaceful and loving freedom movement against mandates, only against mandates, not anti-vaxxers, only against mandates. If that didn't get your account frozen, then maybe this will. I have uh, that burner account. We could upload it through that one. (laughs) A burner Uh, audible account? I have a burner account for everything. You need a backup plan. Gotta stay in business. Back up to the back up to the back backup. up to the back up to the back up. All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed a little book view project here. Uh, little Graham Dunlop been doing a little reading <laughs> for a little audio book company. His little studio. His little studio. <laughs> Adultbrain.ca has got most of them. Um, I'll try and update that today so they're all there by the time this comes out. But uh, like I say, if you go to Audible, type in Graham Dunlop, uh, they'll all pop up. Should be three, four pages of. Uh, his big, beautiful voice reading big, beautiful books. And if you enjoyed this episode, you enjoy our lazy ramblings, head over to America.ca slash support today. Sign up for a monthly or make a one-time donation. Head over to contact at thecabin.com if you want to get in on one of these trips. we got some availability for uh, Hawaii and for California next uh, early next year, January and February. Uh, Magic on the Mountain and the Stargazing. And there's a couple spots left for, I think there's one or two spots left for the Montana Randall Carlson uh, flood tour. And then there's two Scabland tours in the fall. So maybe even still some Egypt left, but I don't think so. Check all that stuff out. Contact at thecabin.com. Sign up for the chats. Grammarica.ca slash chats. You can kick me off Twitter sooner than later, I'm sure. Other than that, we love you guys. We hope you enjoyed our little episode here. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Teach me all your secrets to get a good handle on a better way to live. How does one get out of bed every day in the throes of the apocalypse? Should I bury my head in the sand or sabotage their evil plan? I feel really trapped. An ant burned by a magnifying glass. It's all a little bit too convenient All the evidence went up in flames Phonies, fraudsters, scammers belong in the slammer My friend best give up their names Should I call on militia man? Or pass out a petition pen? I feel really trapped An ant burned by a magnifying glass I don't know what y'all been told, but I got a soul made out of gold. Sound off, one, two, sound off, three, four, cadence count, one, two, 
time ago a crazy dream came to me I dreamt I was walking into World War III As prophetic as humanity As aching bones As frantic animals Sophia rode it down Built an ark, now she floats it down A river in the dark As prophetic as deja vu Thoughts for the life of me over the din of a bruised and broken culture. The media spins and splatters and spins and clatters and I cringe because it's psychological warfare. Don't you feel yourself getting really mad? How did we let it get this bad? Don't you feel really trapped like a brain in a vat? to close Pandora's box but sirens are singing me off a cliff I'm looking to hitchhike to Shangri-La over yonder Sophia would you give me a lift popped out of the Hegelian rebellion say goodbye to all you Machiavellians let evil destroy itself I'm bound for Shangri-La Shangri-La My dream if I could be in yours As prophetic as morning doves As groundhogs As fallen stars above Sophia wrote it down Built an ark Now we're floating it down A river dark As prophetic as white wolves As butterflies As rainbows Sophia sings now we built a plane, now we're taking flight above a river bright. <laughs>